Schneider from Chula Vista Brewery. I'm Brandon Rogers from Reviews on Brews. This is Brewer's Voice. And today we have a special guest, Gina Marcellia from Pizza Port Brewing. Uh, all right, Gina. Well, let's get this started. So, uh, I'm, one, let me thank you for having us. Thank you, you for little, having you own, me. You, you yeah, thank you for taking guest, the time. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said yes to that. Oh, I'm um, glad you asked me. Thank you. But you've been doing this for quite a long time, Gina. Uh, we kind of talked about this before, but since 1987. I got the feeling you was doing it before 87, and we're going to get into that. Uh, but let's start. How did you get started? Because... From what I've gathered, you've actually started off working for Carl Strauss. Am I correct on that? Not 100% correct. All right, well, let's, let's go all the way back, because <laughs> there was something before Pizza Port. Let's, let's figure that out and get all the way, go through the motions. Okay, well, it's hard to sum up that much time in a <laughs> podcast, but basically I was going to school at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and... I found out about a little pizza place that was struggling in San Diego, and I always wanted to live in Southern California, so I packed up everything I had in college and moved down to do Pizza Port. It wasn't until a little bit after that, that in 89, when I learned a brewery was opening downtown in San Diego, and I just thought, what a fun opportunity, and I went to work for Chris Kramer. Okay, so wait, you telling me right out, right out of college? Yes. You decided at that point that I'm going to just go start a business. Just a pack little, everything up and pack go. Pack it up and start a business. Pretty much. I was just <laughs> pretty much done with school, and my major was nothing I wanted to do anymore after three and a half years of college. So That's a big jump. That, that's a huge that's jump. A, yeah. So I, that, Now, I got to figure out, like, what made you take that jump? Because a lot of people have a hard time. They have these great ideas, but they don't push themselves over the edge to say, I'm going to do this. What, out, of, out of college, back in the 80s, right? Right. That was the 80s? Man, after, I, I was seven <laughs> years old, Jada, but all right, we're going to keep it going. <laughs> in the 80s, what made you just say, especially at that time, where a lot of women wasn't doing what, what you are, are doing, what made you just take that leap and say, I'm going to do this? Part of it, I was just uh, going to do it temporarily. I was done with school, and I thought, I'll just finish down here if I feel like doing anything in the, in the PE, exercise physiology arena, and I just thought I'd do this. It'd be fun temporarily, and then my brother came out to work for the summer and started brewing beer, so... We just evolved over time. I really never thought I'd do it this long. It's not the traditional, I'm going to start a business, do a business plan, and organize my life. It was just a temporary hold pattern that I'm still in, apparently. <laughs> so were, were you researching different areas of like Southern California, or did you just like stumble upon this little pizza shop and were like, let's go for it? It was part of one of the jobs I had in college was okay. I worked at San Luis Sourdough, and I delivered for them as well as in the bakery, and I delivered bread to a deli, and the deli told me that this pizza place was struggling, and the owner really wanted out of it. And so met with the owner and took over the liens, the debts, and all of the uh, wow. leases. 
So I was in debt before, like most businesses. Right. I was in debt before <laughs> I even took the first order. So. <laughs> That's, man. We all are. Cheers, cheers <laughs> to you for that. That is... And That's I wasn't awesome. old enough to drink when I when I started it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we all started drinking before we was old enough. So San Luis Obispo is a pretty big party town too. So, but I don't right. think you could go to the ABC now and get a liquor license without being 21. I'm pretty sure that the laws well, were a so little. Wait, I need to think about that. They gave you a liquor license before you was old enough yes. to drink. Yes. Wow. That's very impressive. Man. I, very impressive. I couldn't drink it, but I could, could sell get it. a license to sell it. <laughs> Uh, like they, you know what? I think uh, ABC is so slow on catching up with the rules, it probably still exists. <laughs> They're so, like, eh, yeah, let it slide. You, we just finally pointed out a loophole. Yeah. Well, I'm probably the reason they made that rule. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's close that loop real fast. Right. So, um, so once you open up the pizza pizza port, clearly you wasn't doing beer yet. Right. And so your brother came aboard. I'm guessing he was home brewing at first, or was he? He was homebrewing with a college buddy that lived here, and my brother was in Colorado going to school, and he just never went back. But, yeah, they were brewing batches of beer just in this little spare room, which is now our brewery in Solana Beach. But uh, I delivered pizzas to Hot Dog on a Stick and, you know, the lemonade containers. We saw those and thought that would be what a great brewing vessel. So we traded some some pizza for some of those big lemonade containers and oh, started brewing that was in the back of okay. what is now our brewery. Nice, nice. Helping each other out. That's, right. that's a nice thing. Like, like You both have been around for a long time, so that's a nice like way back story to kind of like bridge the two together kind of thing. That's pretty it cool. It was. Well, and the, they were clear so you could see the beer fermenting, yeah. and we were making some meads and with fruit in them, and the berries were shooting through. You could... <laughs> Nice. It was really fun. So, for, what, what year was this? So, was it '87 or? So, '87 was when I took over the pizza place that was struggling, and then the brewery didn't go until '92. But the permitting and and planning took three years. Wow! No one knew what a brewery was. Trying to get the city to understand that it wasn't giving off toxic chemicals, and yeah. there was a lot of education. Oh, okay, yeah. How was that process of doing, like, how was that process of educating the city? Like, no, we're not going to poison the water. Like, because you, like you said, you kind of were like the trailblazer for that. So what were some of the processes to go through for that? Uh, we showed them our makeshift brewery in the back and had a couple <laughs> beers with them. And uh, until the health department kind of shut us down on, they said we had to actually get the permitting to do a brewery. I don't know if we would have really ever taken it to another level if we weren't forced to yeah. make it legal. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Uh, believe it or not, my license here is a bakery because oh, Chula nice. Vista didn't uh, still have an updated the uh, city permitting for a brewery. It's not on the books. Huh. So I have nice. a bakery since we still use you know, yeast and... Yeah, same, know, ingredients. same ingredients. Same ingredients, right. <laughs> That's so, interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so I totally understand what you... And this is when what what twenty twenty yeah so this is a throw a chula vista <laughs> yeah. get on your books are yeah so well our our second location was the Wonder Bread Bakery so that one was an easier transition yeah. All right nice nice and then speaking of locations I know we about to jump I'm gonna, we gonna have to go back but you are opening up another one in IB right right well Ooh. definitely welcome to the South Bay oh, yeah thank even you. though IB don't like to consider themselves South they South Bay they South Bay yeah they South Bay <laughs> we'll incorporate them yeah exactly. they're welcome they're welcome to the so, table 
But uh, so now that you entered the craft beer scene, tell me what was the craft beer scene back then? Like, what was it like starting a brewery when there was what? How many breweries was it back then? There were none in North County. We were the first one in North County, but uh, we started out with some pretty aggressive beers, and no one was really ready for them. But we just kept on track, and we were kind of known initially for our aggressive beers hop forward and heavy alcohol and I think when we first added the Swami's IPA was one of our first IPA we we made people the reactions were part of the education so we always kept some of it we always had one domestic on tap for the people and finally it took about five years to just eliminate any other beer. And we've always had guest beers, so we would complement some of our more aggressive ones with the, some more friendly guest okay. beers. But it was hard to find guest beers even by back then. It was hard to find a craft brewery, and I did a local night too, and it was really maybe four breweries in wow. San Diego when we started. All right, because uh, I heard like a little story that you was one of the first restaurants to put stone on tap we did we they we were friends with greg and steve from the beginning they were doing a lot of r&d at the solana beach location so they uh they kind of laid out their whole business plan along the way and when their first keg was available we went and picked it up my brother drove out picked it up and and Greg from Stone thought, distribution's so easy. <laughs> you actually like, drive here and pick it up. Yeah, yeah. They come to us and get it? Wow, this is awesome. Right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. So at that time, there was so you, Stone, what was the other one? Uh, Carl I said it earlier. Uh, Carl Strauss. Hops was in UTC in La Jolla. Oh, okay. And there was a little brewery in Encinitas called Red Kettle. I, I don't, I I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah man. That way was, before that was, that was, Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. But, so, how is it that when you when you saw this entire scene starting to grow, like how was that for you, especially as a woman growing into this scene, and you clearly were surrounded by all dudes. It was a heavily male-dominated industry, and I didn't really think about it though. My brother and I are only a year and a half apart, so well, thirteen months and. I was always around my brother and his friends, and so it, it didn't, until people really brought it to my attention, it didn't really Click. strike me as yeah. anything unusual. Or That's good. It's good odd, to hear. But, you know, I, I think it was more evident when I would go to the Craft Brewers Conference, and it's all guys, and definitely the odds were good and the goods were odd. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I totally get what you're saying, like, because um, obviously I'm the only black-owned brewery in San Diego County, and I never think about it until somebody pointed it out to me. For a while, I think a couple years went by, I didn't even know I was the only black-owned brewery until somebody pointed it out to me, like, eh, I didn't think about it. Uh, but how did you go through your, let's, how did you grow your brewery? Because, you, like I said, you have a, Pizza Port have a, a distinct style, like, y'all known for y'all IPAs. Y'all, I, like, I, I cracked, we cracked a joke earlier when I offered her a hazy <laughs> on purpose. See if you bite it. No. <laughs> I haven't seen a hazy on top. Maybe y'all snuck one in when I wasn't looking. But let's talk about the, 
you know, the, the beers and how y'all stayed of, a, ahead of the game. Because y'all keep coming out with something new. And where I look where some of the older breweries just kind of have fell off a little bit, where you guys just keep inventing and inventing and inventing while keeping some of y'all staples on, like Swami's on tap as if it's to stay relevant. How, how did you do that? Our brewers are really creative and love just exploring different options, different hops, different barley. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that Tommy, when he came on board, was the most experimental brewer that I had ever even imagined with all the barrel aging and the things he would throw in beers. A lot of it, you know, it's not really looked upon in a great way if it's not following the German purity laws, the yeah. Reinheitsgebot, five ingre- four ingredients. So we, we broke all those rules by experimenting. And I mean, when you start out brewing beer in a plastic container, <laughs> the barrels look like pretty inviting. <laughs> yeah, y'all probably drinking a product before it was done. Just imparting all the different flavors, <laughs> and you can get like tequila, rum, you know, so many bourbon. Every every flavor that comes into a beer, I think, inspires our brewers to get even more creative. So, that's cool. Nice, because you have a lot of great brewers. So how um, how do you keep that going? Because everything that comes out of Pizza Port is just awesome. And y'all got a. I, I was talking about this earlier with someone else. Uh, from Carl Strauss. They were telling me little secrets about you, by the way. Oh, no. So, <laughs> Tell me. But uh, <laughs> how, how do you keep that? You, you have a big family tree. I don't even know if you realize it, like where people just spread it out from Pizza Port and just done these amazing things. How do you keep that going, and how do you feel about, you know, all these people that came from pretty much your branch of a, of a tree? Your tree branch. It's your tree, but the branches didn't spread it out and done all these amazing things. How do you feel about that? I think it's great. I love seeing the, it's almost like kids or even like Pizza Port University where <laughs> they learn some things, but the, all of the projects that our brewers have gone on to do is impressive and I love seeing their inspiration come from us, but it's also from within them. They really had ideas already going in their own minds. So seeing them expand and grow, and then we're in a such a friendly industry that the collaborations we can do together, I, I love it. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. Um, one thing I love about Pizza Port, every time I reached out to you guys, you guys always been open. Um, but every, for the most part, every brewery has been like that. But you guys have really been a help for us. Um, so let's go on... To, uh, let's. I still got to get back to you a little bit, though. So, <laughs> at what point? So you open up this brewery. Well, at what point did you say, you know what? I need to open up another one. We just kept running out of beer. One of the biggest. <laughs> just need more space. That's, 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 that's <laughs> really, really good reason. You did. You, I don't like to say no. So yeah. every time we would have an event, we would have to decide whether the event was worth doing because it takes beer. We had a seven-barrel system in Solana mm. Beach, so. Okay. We always ran out of beer, and then when we got asked to sponsor the Carlsbad 5000, they wanted 12 kegs. Wow. And I really wanted to sponsor the race, so we depleted our supply so that we could do this race. So that's why we opened in Carlsbad. 
one of the main incentives was running out of beer and never having enough to do events. And, and it wasn't really a promotional thing. It was more just, we can't do this event. We simply do not have the beer. So how did you end up at the Carlsbad location? That was pre- we were looking in Carlsbad because we wanted to sponsor this race. Yeah. That was that was big. What, just at the time, we're like, well, maybe if we had a brewery in Carlsbad, we could not run out of beer and sponsor this race. So we put a 15 barrel system in there, and then we still had the same problem because as tastes evolved and people got more into craft beer, they we got busier, and so it just seemed like Carlsbad. We ran out of beer, and then we started looking for another location so we wouldn't run out of beer. And I didn't really want a production facility where you didn't have a pub that people could come visit. So that uh, I think every brewery we've opened so far has been out of not running out of beer. Yeah, it's a necessity, not like a let's expand. It's like, no, we need to expand kind of thing. All right, and then so after Carlsbad, what was the next brewery? (laughs) Then San Clemente. All right. And that was mainly just because it was a really cool building and a great city. I was making a lot of trips up there just to surf and have fun. And then when this building became available, we were excited to do one. And that one was, I mean, for the brewing capacity, but just because it was, it looked like an old malt house. That was still growing though, right? It is. That city started out a little San Clemente, very sleepy, not beer-centric city. Yeah. So, so that, uh, that was the fourth location, correct? Was so the San was Clemente? Solana Beach, then Carlsbad, then San Clemente, then the Ocean Beach, okay. and then Rusty. Okay. And then Rusty. Yeah, Rusty is the one that's still growing. Because I, I think I was at, I'm trying to remember which one I was at in between all my drinking. Because you just got new tanks at one of them. <laughs> that is Rusty, yes. That's Rusty, right. Yeah. yeah. And that one... We originally started with using one of the suites out of a 37,000-square-foot building and thinking we had a five-year plan to grow into it, and, and uh, we ended up occupying all three suites right away. Wow. It was as fast as we could get tanks in there, but we have officially maxed out the amount of tanks that you, you sure about there. that? Because I, I saw a little whole big plot of land that looked empty. Oh, that would be... <laughs> I, I stare at that land and I, I think maybe a top golf, a, a bowling alley, something. Yeah, so... So now you have the IB location coming in, correct? Yes. What size is that one going to be? It's about 4,000 square feet wow. and we completely changed our our scope of work there. We started out with a mixed-use building before COVID and had had apartments on top and then a two, like an, a middle deck outdoor seating and then a, a bottom floor. But now it's just one level, downsized it a lot, just at the time didn't know, even know what was gonna happen to the industry and right. a lot more outdoor space and a smaller scale down version, kind of in between Solana and Ocean Beach location. Okay. Yeah, because I was about to say, I know the OB got an apartment on top. Yeah. It's really nice, by the way. I've been in there. Yeah. That <laughs> that's part of the inspiration for the. Yeah, that would have been IB. nice in IB. You yeah. probably shouldn't give that one up. Uh, they will have to deal with the helicopter flying over top, though, I'll tell you that. We have um, the airport for Ocean Beach. Oh, you man. see the planes fly right over. Oh, no, it's a whole nother level. It's, it's 24 hours a day. I just, do, 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 do. <laughs> at, least, at least the airplane is just a steady. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It, the helicopter is just a constant rock. Oh, doosh, doosh. 
And then you got about five of them all at once. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so with, I know locations are probably slightly like children or things like that, but has there any, has there been one that you were like, I really loved like doing this space? I really liked like revolutionizing it, things like that? They've all been so different that I can't even compare them. Yeah. I mean, I think that with, Ocean Beach, we took over a really old building, and it used to be a, a bull weevil. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. It used to be, so we ripped down all the walls and ended up having to even replace the, the concrete for the foundation. Wow. So after that, I thought, well, it might be easier just to build from scratch. And so yeah. when we did Bressy, it was just a plain piece of land, totally vacant, and we got to design it exactly how we wanted. So nice. That was nice. But I think with each location, you find the things that work and what don't and try to combine them into one place. So I think with IB, we've had a lot of fun because we really haven't opened a a, a location for a while. We've done Petco Park. We've done Sports Arena. And then we did a little casino out in Hamul. Oh, yeah, nice. Casino. I didn't know that. I missed that one. Yeah, we, that's the, it was Hollywood, but now it's Hamul Casino, Yes, yeah. it was. And what a fun project. They were amazing working with the, the reservation. And it was a really fun project, but they not a lot of beer. I think we st- they don't do a lot of beer, and so they've rebranded it into a more generic form. But I think we, haven't, we didn't really promote it that much because... There were a lot of people protesting outside, and I wasn't really a... We didn't have a lot of hands-on for what we were doing there. Okay. But it's still a cool place to go oh, if definitely. you live in San Diego. It's a really close casino, and they I think they still have the Tony Gwynn bar, and it shows it has these columns with baseballs in it, and you can see his pitching average and things like that. So well, I'm going to have to go there again. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I haven't been there in a while, but the one, when I went and when it first opened, it was a really beautiful spot, and they did have, I think it was Loft 94 yes. is what it was called. That had some good taps on it at the time, but I haven't been back in a while, but yeah. yeah. It was still a beautiful. It was a beautiful casino, so I'm sure it still is pretty nice. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at casinos. I've actually got kicked out for losing one dollar at a casino. One dollar. I, I don't know how to gamble well. So like, if I lose money, I could go to Vegas, spend three hundred dollars, but yeah. it will not be not for gambling. gambling. Yeah. <laughs> so you lost a dollar, and you're like, ah, and they're like, sir, you gotta leave. I spent three hundred dollars at the bar. I lose one dollar at that. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. So yeah, I'm a terrible gambler. Like so, I need to know how I lost my money. Like I need a return on the investment. Yeah. I know if I buy this beer, I get a return. <laughs> yes. if, if I just spend my dollar and I roll the dice, there's no return on the investment. Yeah. It's yeah. like because my dollar. You just ripped me off. <laughs> what you just did. There's very few places you can go get craft beer for free while you gamble. That is that's a that's very, very good. True, very that's true. a great that's a great advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> that was my incentive in Vegas. Is you if as long as you're gambling, you get it. Yeah, you get a nice drinker. Nice, nice. So in the beer game that you've been doing, you've not only been growing, but you've been heavy on winning. I mean, you win every year almost. Yeah, it was there was a few years I know that you, you didn't, may not have won, but you, I look at it as you gave the rest of us a chance, you know, <laughs> to win some. It was 91 awards so far, correct? Um, I think we, we were 98. Three years ago, but last year was a was a shutout, and uh, we've only had a couple. And and uh, I mean, it's fun to win medals. People, it's 
an amazing experience, the energy, but I'm convinced at Great American Beer Festival they could judge the same exact beers two days in a row with totally different results. Yeah. It really is a palette, and comparing a beer to another beer, there's so many innuendos that go into judging beer that that the outcome, and it's all, you know, it, it has to fit the style. And a lot of times you see in GABF a, a beer that's not even that style wins the category because it stands out. So right. I think a lot of our brewers enter categories that they know how to brew the beer and specifically for the event. Is, is that that piece of Point University you were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You need to coin that term and like, hey, come work at the Pizza Point University. <laughs> Um, I had a quick, kind of circling back with something you just said. So I know you said that you were the first one to have a stone on, but then when you started, you really started with like hoppy beers and hop forward beers. So when you brought that stone beer on, was there like, were people kind of like, hey, like, which, because stone's really known for really hoppy forward beers as well. So was there any kind of like, were, were, your, were your, your patrons kind of like, what's the difference kind of thing? Or were they having, was there a lot of questions at that time? Not a lot of questions as far as style or, you know, why do you have this guest beer on? I never looked at our guest beers as competition because it usually was to, if we were going to run out of a certain beer on tap, given a seven-barrel system and only 11 serving tanks, we really picked and choose, we would pick and choose the guest beers to complement our beer list so that it was a, a good selection on tap. Yeah. So Stone just helped us not run about out of our IPA as fast. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you look at any beer list and the beers that really move, I mean, the IPAs are still... Yeah, still pretty high up still. there. Yeah, y'all, y'all IPAs. Well, yeah. I think that's sending you all together. Yeah. I mean, how does yeah. it feel? Because you, you basically built the entire IPA scene. Yeah, I mean, I mean the honestly. West Coast IPA is based off what really you guys, Stone, and like what y'all did. So... I mean, how how does it feel every time you hear these West Coast IPA? Like you like, do you say yeah I did that? Oh, I don't know. I don't think of it like that. But I, I would feel like say you're holding that. Back. Feel free to let go. Well, have another blind drink. pig and uh, Vinny Chilerzo with his IPA. Those were he was really the first and foremost on yeah. the IPA scene, and we all brewed beer together and drank together and loved IPAs and comparing the different hops. And I really think that, you know, every brewery gets credit for a great IPA. Right. So do y'all still get together and drink or y'all just got too big for each other? What's going on? <laughs> I, I think it's funny. We'll, we'll see each other at Craft Brewers Conference, conference, which rotates different cities and so we'll laugh. I'm, I'll, I'll <laughs> laugh together with him. I'll, we live two miles away from each other, our breweries, nice. and we come all the way to Boston <laughs> to drink a beer together. So, yeah, we're always excited to see each other. That's cool. Nice. That's what I love. I mean, so far, like we said, this is the second one, but that's been so far a huge thing is there's so much collaboration. There's so much uh, camaraderie. There's, like, friendships that have grown and just, like, exceeded so that's really nice to hear as well. And, it's, and it grows over time. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable to think I've known people in this industry even 10 years, 20, and, you know, the Carl Strauss people, 30 yeah. years, and it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, that's good because I heard, heard nothing but great things. As we said, we were doing this interview, I was trying to pick, and I, I couldn't find any, anything bad about you. Everybody, as soon as I bring up Gina, it was like nothing but great things. Like, how did this woman do this for 30 years? 
and, and not piss anyone off. <laughs> well, that's good. But, see, no, it wasn't that I was looking for dirt, but you know, I'm like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> but no. then, but how, you know, now that you're into it for 30 years, like, what's next? Like, what is, like, what is the future other than that? Be because are you just gonna do this for another 30 or? I don't know. I don't I, like because I'm already thinking retirement. Like I've already <laughs> convinced my wife that I'm gonna try to open up a brewery in Calistoga, nice. and I just want to, you know, get a get a house with like a little winery on it. I don't and you know have have workers work there, but I want to just get drunk and do nothing. You know, <laughs> Cheers, like, but at home now. Right, you know, I want to retire. I only want to see the kids once, maybe twice a year. Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's the rest of the time. <laughs> they cannot stay in between Thanksgiving uh, and Christmas. They have to leave. Flights in and out right, or right. driving in and I out. I don't want them coming for Thanksgiving and staying all the way to Christmas. <laughs> so, at least you admit it. Right. Yeah. You, you got to like, tell them now. It's you nice gotta, to see you. Now get off my right, wife. You got to train. I feel like you got to train your kids right now. <laughs> How old are your kids? They 10 to 14. Yeah. Wait till they're teenagers. You can't even talk about a beer without them condemning you for life. But they already condemn me for life. They're like, Dan, why are you drinking? Because it's my livelihood. That's why I'm drinking. Yeah, that's somehow. But they come around, I hear. But you, but, you have kids too, right? Yeah. How, how many kids do you have? Three, 18, 15, and 13. And if I even have to stop by one of our locations briefly with them... Oh, I don't want to have to get out of the car. Can I just wait in the car? And so they, uh, and I think that the palate for the this that age group is not focused on beer at all. They yeah. are all about the White Claw, the you know the seltzers, yeah. hard anything, but not beer. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've no, I've noticed that the uh, the salsa game. Yeah, they definitely changed over the past couple which, years. Which I haven't seen in, in the Peace Support brand. I haven't seen any salsas either. Like we have experimented, but our I mean, brewers I, are very uh, very traditional in a lot of ways when it comes to beer and doing things that is not that's market driven instead of passion driven. Yeah. So that. They don't think how you know they they wish they could brew a great seltzer maybe if it were kind of a challenge to their brewing talents but you know a lot of we've done a couple hazies in the pubs and we are releasing a hazy in a can okay. and it, but it took a long time to convince our our director of brewing operations Sean Farrell to to go that route uh, I I can understand because I got James and it t- it took a it was very hard pushing him towards the hazy, and even harder for the seltzer. So, <laughs> and my my philosophy is people are asking for it, and we have menu items on our menu that aren't something we created in our kitchen, and it's something that tasted really good at the pizza show in Vegas that is easy to do, and people love them. I mean, but I don't feel like it's a representation of what we do. But if people want it. Then you got to get the people what they want. Right. Yeah. 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 That's how I feel about the set because I don't drink seltzers. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we, we tried to do something with our seltzers that epically backfired. So what we did with our seltzers, every week we changed the flavor so they could never get used to any one flavor because we didn't want to have to do a lot of seltzers. Right. So we just like every week we just going to change the flavor. So people would come in totally upset, and we was hoping, all right, well, you can have a beer. It's always the same. <laughs> <laughs> the IPA and, and is now, the same as last week. Now it backfired because now they come in every week, 
want to know what new flavors on the board. So uh, I, so we all looking at each other while that felt. <laughs> now you trapped yourself in a cycle. You're like, uh, oh, man. Well, you of, get the creatures of habit, and then right. you get the people that don't want the same thing. Yeah. So you're constantly struggling with those two. Yeah, the two balances. But, I mean, my our view on Hazy is that we spent so many years trying to make clear beer, and then we finally got a centrifuge, and right. the moment we got our centrifuge was the day everyone wanted hazy beer. Uh, yeah, it's always so, that moment, like right when you got it solidified, that's when they're like, well, what about this now? And you're like, well, right. but I just spent all this time. Yeah. Yeah. The chill haze, all of that yeah. was like a, a flaw in a beer. And then all of a sudden, all the flaws are what you're shooting yeah, you're for. Looking for. So. Yeah, I feel like you got to blame the hazies on homebrewers, be honest. I, I, only because I was a homebrewer and all my beers was hazy. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. by choice, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I tried to brew a home uh, hazy one time, and it did not turn out too well. So I've stuck more like the traditional styles personally, but I I wasn't too good at brewing a hazy. But a lot of my friends who are home brewers do amazing hazies. So, well, I think it started with uh, with uh, Hefeweizens. Oh, Wid- yeah. Widmer flooded the market with all of their, you know, they they ramped up, and all of a sudden Hefeweizen was everywhere in San Diego. And, you know, served with the lemon. People liked it. And then we started to get kegs of the Widmer that were, that the yeast would float, would settle to the bottom. Yeah. So the first one was like mud coming out. And then <laughs> by the end, it was pretty clear. And I liked the clearer part of the keg. Yeah. And, but there were people that liked the thicker, hate like super muddy. Yeah, muddy. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So. I mean, it's B vitamins, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, if you, if you want to call it that. Just drinking my yeah. vitamins. Yeah, you're right. just like, <laughs> convince yourself. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a sailor, so, you know, it didn't matter to me. As long as it was drinkable at the end of the day, that was that was the most important thing. Right. I actually, uh, I got the funniest thing. I was drinking with uh, Jim Cook one time. Nice. And uh, he was like, the only bad beer is the beer I can't drink. And I had to think about it, like, damn, I've been living by that model my whole life, but I realized it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I, you know, I found myself in the middle of the desert before. And, you know, we didn't have any coolers. So that beer was as hot as the sun. I mean, we were drinking that hot beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, 80 <laughs> degree beer, beer, just beer. Oh, it's right. so good. Yeah. It's not until I get back to San Diego where I had to realize, like, read, oh, I need to drink a cold. This is beer's cold. Right. I need to drink a cold beer again, but overseas it was just all yeah. hot, hot, hot right. beer. Well, that's how IPA was created, was yeah. it could withstand the heat and the journey. Yeah. The hops would pretty much mask any off flavors. Right. <laughs> so now that you got, how many we said? Five breweries? Six, right? Six breweries? With ID? It depends on if you sprinkle in the port and the Lost Abbey. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Well, you know, I was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were trying so. to figure out what is the, uh, how do that all work with the port, the Lost Abbey? Uh, how did that, all, you know, what, I think t- you got Tiny Bubbles somewhere in all this? Right. Yeah. Tiny, yeah. Bubbles, Tiny Bubbles. Charisma, Hop Concept. Oh, yeah. So... So Tommy Arthur was our brewer in Solana Beach, and he started to get really creative. And when Stone moved their facility to Escondido, their old brewery in San Marcos was available. And we've just always had a great relationship with those guys, and we needed more brewing capacity, and it became available. We went in, and that's when Tommy became a partner. Because he was either going to leave us or start his own brewery, and 
we just love working together. So we ended up doing taking over Stone's facility and did uh, did port wine. Okay. Okay. Because a lot of people calling pizza port a beer and trying to distribute was confusing to people, and there were a lot of places that didn't want our beer because we're a restaurant competing and. The restaurant industry isn't as friendly as the brewing no. industry. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's, it's very competitive, and you don't really share concepts yeah. as much. So, so we called it Port Brewing, and so it was my brother and me and Tommy, and so we did Port Brewing, and the Lost Abbey is kind of my brother's concept, but Tommy knows how to make all the beers and get creative, so... It was just a joint effort on creating a space in San Marcos. Okay. And that's kind of evolved into some of the other offshoot brands, Tiny Bubbles, just because we like sour beer. That was it. That was, those are really good. When those first came out, I was like, oh, fine. Because at first I was like, oh, it's not a seltzer, but it's kind of, it's a go. So it's kind of similar. I guess not similar, but those were delicious is my main point. <laughs> It's a fun beer, but I think our time of release, we had planned that the Tiny Bubbles yeah. for probably a year conceptually, and then when we finally released it, it was the height of COVID, Yeah. and maybe if we would have waited. But I think that style, a lot of people think it's supposed to be like a champagne or a seltzer, and so palette-wise, I don't know if it's been as received as we would have liked, but charisma, gluten-free. So I think in that portfolio, we offer something for everyone. Yeah. Right, right. I did offer the, I, I, when those came out, I tried a couple and I was like, oh, the, the lime one was delicious. The other ones that I tried, I think there was a, a raspberry one. I'm trying to remember the flavors, but I did share those. Like, yeah. I shared those with my friends. I was like, oh, you got to try this. Like, cause they all like seltzers. And I was like, no, 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 stop drinking White Claw, drink this. And like, they all enjoyed them. So Yeah. Well, and it's, it doesn't. It fits into none of those categories. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, do you on when you're even retailing it, do you put it next to the shelf near the like even finding a place for it yeah. that it fits? So it really hasn't. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. Well, I think you got to probably figure out a place to fit it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing. Like that's something to. Well, I think with kind of like a little bit of like the resurgence of like lambics and stuff like that in this in like the craft beer like sector and more people looking for those beers that might yeah. actually like help facilitate that a little bit because more people are searching for those more like sea salt bitterness that little bit of like uh, different offshoot it's kind of it's not beer but it still is beer kind of thing but it's so I think that might maybe help still market that. Yeah, I think it's an in-between beer beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's how I kind of want to market it. But I mean, but other than sour, what inspired you to do, like, just go into that venture and say, you know what, I'm about to do this Tiny Bubbles thing? I mean, because you already seem to got a creative mind where you just be like, I mean, from the get-go, you're like, all right, I'm just going to go buy this piece of port place. Like, <laughs> I mean, how do you keep that drive going, that entrepreneurial spirit going, saying, I. And, and then decide to keep doing, trying new things like Tiny Bubbles. It's just fun to try all different. I mean, those are just my beer ideas. Wait till you get me started here. Well, well <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. Ooh, I'm trying to yeah. get you started. All my inventions <laughs> Ooh, uh, that haven't ever come to fruition. Well, that, <laughs> oh, I, just, I got a lot of that. <laughs> so. It is. It does uh, get the creative juices flowing. So there's... there. 
there's really no end yeah. to the freedom we all have. Yeah. And it's just the patience and the drive and the, the, the people that you can bring into place to help do it. But there's no way one person can make every idea you have come yeah. to come right. to a... I got a feeling that... Because um, this is something I do. I've, I'm always coming up with these crazy different ideas... And I'm like, all right, I'll just storm into the room. All right, guys, I got this idea we're about to do. And everybody's going crazy. <laughs> like, yo, Till got another idea. Everybody's hitting the wall, bumping into the wall. Right. It's like going crazy. In um, what industry? This is here. In, no, <laughs> in yeah. the brewing industry. Yeah, just because okay. I'm always coming up with stuff. I'm like, hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do that. And it just drives everybody crazy. You know, just when they, <laughs> it's like, dude, we just started this. And you're already trying to do this. Like, is, is, is that something you do as well? Because your creativity is always there where you always just walking in, unintentionally driving everybody crazy. Right. I, I, I try to just call it the visionary. That, right. <laughs> like, and, uh, oh, completely. And I guess that's what the benefit I have being in business with my brother is that there's no idea that I can run past him that he will make me feel bad that I even <laughs> open my mouth. So... He's always been really open-minded to some of my crazier ideas. Well, well, nobody's ever going to tell you to your face that it's a crazy (laughs) idea. It's just that we know we're behind our back. You know know it's a bad idea when they just act like, hey, yeah, it's good, it's good. It just never happens. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and if if my brother does think it's good, then it goes by finance. And if the Ah. ROI is not there, then, you know, there's, (laughs) I have a lot. I mean, it's... I think that's what's really started to... I love making ice cream, and so I went to ice cream school. We put ice cream on the menu, but the margins on ice cream are horrible. A pint of ice cream compared to a pint of beer. But I had one batch of ice cream that I I went to the mall and bought Harry and David truffles and put it in, and I'm like, this one only cost me $500 <laughs> to make above like that's how much we're gonna lose oh, on man. this batch of ice cream mm. if we sell all this ice cream it only costs us five hundred dollars wow. to lose so luckily i because i that's why they don't put me in the brewery <laughs> right that's why the finance is like hold on hold on hold on so is that something you kind of look for in like a, a staff or a brewer like do you want it, someone to come to you with kind of ideas or like that experimental mindset or is it like the more traditional people still kind of like make it through and then they kind of learn well I have to experiment to continue on I think it's a good balance yeah. I mean it's it's so fun to look up at the beer list and I think yeah. that is kind of the why it's really fun to open other pubs yeah. and we get our own brewer and each brewer has their own creativity and I walk into a beer list and I look up and I can't believe that they have this beer on tap or something, some wild ingredient they threw in, into it. And, yeah. and our brewers all are, are competitive but friendly about it. And <laughs> so it's always interesting if they, they enter the same competition, the same category. Oh, that's... But then it gets... They all are really playful about it. Yeah, and, yeah. But, I, yeah, we look for the creativity, but for the most part, all of our brewers have come from within... And a lot of them start in not even the brewery. They start in the kitchen or they start somewhere and they get, they have interest in the brewery. So they, they brew a batch of beer or two and then pretty soon they're taking shifts in the brewery. So 
it, they it it we haven't really hired someone from outside okay. to do what our brewers are doing in the pubs. I mean, we always get outside influence and other people. I mean, this industry is very. Uh, I'm trying to not use a bad word here. You can feel free. <laughs> you can feel free. Feel free. Incestuous. But, ah, okay. <laughs> but I think you know they. A lot of our brewers go to other breweries, but we we have had some great brewing contacts come in, and they bring great ideas. And but sometimes the best brewer is someone that has no brewing experience at all because they don't have bad habits. They yeah. they learn exactly a lot of our cleaning protocol, and that's one of the most important things with beer. You, once you get an infected beer, then then it, you pitch that you repitch that yeast, and you you just have a bad situation, yeah. especially if you're sharing yeast with another brewery. So you really do have a brewer university <laughs> yeah, support. Yeah, pretty much. It's all internal buildup. That's right. really cool. So because Nacho always tell, tell, tells the story about how he started uh, dishwashing or something, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and then y'all him in the crawl spaces and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you learn that mindset early on. I mean, in Nacho's so methodical about how he does things, and he's patient, and he takes his time to think things through, and really is passionate about what he does. Yeah. Love him. I think that's one of the main things, too. Is like I think we talked about it last time. It's like, if you don't have that passion, it just, no matter what you do, it just falls off real quick. But if you continue that passion, it just builds and builds and inspires others, like obviously you have. And so that's really cool to see. Well, I always, and one, you know, I, you can kind of tell if somebody's a paycheck brewer or a passion brewer. Yeah. Some people, because if you're doing it for the money, that's, <laughs> that's all the wrong reasons. I don't, because I don't it's think not. any brewer does it for the money. <laughs> like, it's not. No, it depends on where you came from. <laughs> I, I, don't think, but, I don't think but, many people do it in the, if you're really passionate about this industry, you're not doing it for the money. Yeah. No, yeah. you do it because you love it, but I think when you're drinking a beer, you don't realize how the beer got in your hand. And some of those steps leading up to it is you got to love cleaning. You got to love a lot of, it's a long day. It's not like you just go make a batch of beer and, you know, it's an eight hour process that you have to be focused on and you can't just call in halfway through. You really have to see it to the entirety of the process. And some people don't, uh, don't necessarily have that mindset. No, nah, it's always funny when I'm bringing in like, uh, like you know, regular civilian people that don't know anything about beer, but they, you know, like collaborations, and they, you know, they sitting there, you cleaning the whole time, and like this is what brewing beer is. They was all excited until they got there. It's like, yeah, it ain't that that exciting as you think. <laughs> right. Like, it's exciting, but for the exciting part, it's all in your head. It's like, oh man, this smells good today. Oh man, I hit this number. But for them, and then you like cleaning, but you when you're cleaning, you're thinking about, oh, man, everything went right today. Boom, 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 boom. But it's funny, like, for the regular person, when they walk in, they're just looking at you mainly cleaning the whole time. Right. And like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. I'm like, nah. You compare it to if somebody wants a horse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's a really good one. All the work and a little bit of a ride. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, first things I learned, like, I got my whole brew set up, and I was like, all right. My wife was like, how long is this going to take? And I was like, a couple hours maybe. And 
started at 10 and finished at like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. And she's like, I thought you said a couple hours. And I was like, sorry. Cleaning, you got to cool everything down, heat everything up, cool everything down, mash in, mash out. So I was like, it's a little longer of a process than people think sometimes. Yeah, it is. And no one, no one realizes, like with a batch of cookies, it's just a yes. little bit and then you're done. But yeah. a batch of beer is the same, whether it's a seven barrel or a 50 barrel yeah. or 180 know that it other than rebatching but the process is still pretty much an eight-hour day yeah yeah it's a whole process it doesn't matter the quantity yeah all right so but so how do you feel I'm gonna go back to one of my old questions how do you feel about uh the growth of the industry and how it's grown and, and your part in it what sector of the growth well just that uh you know, you done all these, you brought, you got all these great brewers like Nacho, you got all these great brewers like James, and then they spread it out to do great things. I mean, what do you feel about that, you know? I lo- I just think it's building a community of like-minded people, so I love it, and I love seeing, I love seeing people advance and, and like, just really develop their own desires and fulfill what their life is meant to be. I don't know. It's you don't know? All right. Well, so, I mean, what do you think about James and Nacho? Together? Yeah, because, you know, they came from Pizza <laughs> Boy. They came from Pizza oh Boy, and, and now they're here, literally. Well, James was at Port Brewing for a long time, yeah. and so the fact they ended up together, I think, is great, and I think it's it's coming full circle a little bit, because... With Nacho, I mean, honestly, I was really sad to see him leave. And same with James, but Nacho had really grown from just the bare bones of growing from uh, working in the kitchen and seeing him develop his skills and get the opportunities. And I just feel like if it's a great opportunity for them, I'm really excited. When was the last time you seen Nacho? When was the last time? <laughs> oh, I thought she was gonna catch up. I kept moving the camera. <laughs> Good thing she wasn't like, oh man, I'm so glad that. Oh my god, how long are you standing there? Quite some time. I was like, she's gonna see the camera moving, right? right. I was like, oh no, no she's I not. Didn't. I was like, all right. You looked over. Like, oh my god! Hi. Uh, Grab uh, a well, beer. I know. Uh, oh, we got beer right in the cooler. Right in the cooler. Oh I my god. You guys have no, it's right in the cooler. So, uh, <laughs> my flowers wife could my wife couldn't be here, but she wanted to give you flowers. So oh. the flowers, uh, they, they look like they're crushing because the the beer was part of the flowers, but. <laughs> You got two bouquets. So that, was probably, that was probably so much of a better reaction than we thought we were going to get. Oh, man. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Nacho. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Now we're starting. Now we're getting started. So, <laughs> so, so we're waiting for somebody to show up. Parts. <laughs> so, oh. well, cheers. 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 Sláinte. Wow, this uh, Pilsner smells great. Yeah. I did want to get into those too, so. Yeah, we're going to break them. We got some beers right in that cooler. Diguito, um, West Coast style Pilsner. Yeah, so. It's delicious. 
a little backstory. So both of my brewers came from Pizza Port University, <laughs> which we just found out exists. Um, we got the uh, we got James who came aboard first uh, back in when when you come aboard. Uh, that was August of 2018. I then you got Nacho that came aboard uh, during COVID. Um, but Nacho is a, we got a long history because Nacho is uh, my wife's cousin, so that's how we all that's how that little nice. circle happened. And then, um, and James came aboard. I remember um, we were just looking for a brewery, and I, obviously we got a close relationship with Nacho, and Nacho sent James my way. I was like, of course. Any, apparently, I, I didn't know you about the university, but anything comes from Pizza Port. I didn't know until today either. Right. Not- anything <laughs> comes from Pizza Port must be good. But, got diplomas. So, right. <laughs> so I got to thank you. <laughs> Because I probably wouldn't be here without you as well. So uh, we all wanted to give our thanks uh, to Gina uh, for what you did and what you continue to do. And, and you know, this, and a lot of the breweries, remember I actually told you about that Christmas tree? Well, not the Christmas tree, but the family tree. tree. You family know, you got that, that family tree. You know, you got a lot of breweries that sprouted out just from you. And uh, I like to think of myself as being one of those, you know, oh. one of those that sprouted out just from you because I got these two. And without them two, I wouldn't be here. So, thank you. Oh, well, thank you for having an amazing opportunity for them to grow and develop and be awesome. All right. Well, let's let's get back into the podcast. Well, since I would like to personally say thank you, Gina. Thanks for coming. Um... I worked with you guys for 15 years. I, it was such a big growing experience, and it was made it was it was made easy because I had you know you're such a great boss, you're such an ambassador for the beer community, and it was it was great. Thank you. Ah, thank you guys. Thank you, Nacho. Definitely, definitely. And I got to thank you because, you know, as, as you were just saying, as I walked up and was hiding right behind the flowers, uh, going from, you know, just being, having Peace Port OB as my second job when we opened the doors down there, to Ega kind of taking me under his wing and these guys, you know, when, when Mr. Jeff Bagby moved on to do his bigger things, uh, you know, I was the next guy up on the totem pole, so to speak. And so the fact that uh, I was able to stay with the company and go to the sister company at Port, Brewing Lost Abbey and stay there for six years before coming here. Like Notch said, <clears throat> um, just the uh, the family atmosphere that Pizza Port brings, and and the fact that you know when Notch and I still go in there, we're still family. Um, even though we've been removed from the company for a few years, it's something that's really remarkable and does stay around town. And you know, people, I was just at the North Park Beer Fest. And there was people who had no idea that I left Lost Abbey. They're like, "Two of us, the brewery." Like, are you brewing there now? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, when did that happen? I was like, four years ago now, man. They're like, oh, we, they thought I was still at Lost Abbey just because I'm always, you know, still part of the circle and it feels very good. And so, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, how are you guys doing? How's the podcast going? It's going pretty good. I mean, it's even better now that you guys showed up. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, let's get back into the podcast. Do y'all got any questions for Gina? Oh, it's a podcast. Uh, did you do something new with your hair since last time I saw you? It looks great. I'm getting it done next week. Uh, no, uh, 
No, everybody from North Park says hi. I told them I was coming down here to, to see you and, and Tim and Notch. And so, uh, how was the fest? The fest is it's going good. You know, it's nice to see people out and about again. You know, and, and enjoying everybody's beers and enjoying everybody's company is the most important part. You know, at those beer festivals, yeah. uh, especially for us brewers, getting to see our our fellow brewers and, and industry peeps and seeing what they're doing and how their business is growing and, and what they're doing. It's it's that's the rewarding part of you know of doing the beers, getting out there on the weekends and. Yeah. What, what I call, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and stuff like that. Well, I just feel like it's been, I just round up. It's a two-year break everybody's had. I think everyone's unleashed and ready to get after it. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think this is like what we said. It might be the first one, like big one, that we had in San Diego. Uh, yeah, we did. Brewbies was actually oh, yeah. the, the first one. And, and that one, I mean, you talk about rewarding. And that's another Pizza Port alumni, uh, uh, alumnus, alumni. <laughs> and Melanie Pierce, who, you know, that was her, her baby at Pizza Port Carlsbad, and she's living in Nashville. And, and for her and Dara to, to organize that from Tennessee and then come out here and, and throw it down at Bag the Beer up at Oceanside, uh, that was, you know, Oceanside seems so far away from, you know, Ocean Beach where Nacho and I live, and even further from Chula Vista and Eastlake. Uh, a lot of faces that I hadn't seen in years, uh, some of them. So it was really nice. And, just the vibe, you know, and, and seeing everybody out enjoying the sunshine, the San Diego sunshine and the beer, uh, getting back to normal. Um, it was great. It was great. And so, yeah, that was the first big fest. And then last weekend we had that punk and drublet, um, the punk rock beer festival at Petco Park, which is, you know, right, right down my alley, my cup of tea. Yeah, I'm still sore. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sore from that. I, I think I spent two hours straight in the mosh pit. But, uh, Don't forget the day before we had the... Chilla Vista Pizza Port collab. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Movie. Thank you. So yeah, we had a tap takeover uh, thanks to uh, Matt Palmer, Diddy, at Pizza Port Ocean Beach. Uh, he uh, wanted to brew Kung Fu Elvis and was nice enough to invite me and, and the brewery to be part of it. So that was, that was great. That was amazing, which was Kung Fu Elvis, quick story. It's actually my first, uh, my, my first recipe for Pizza Port. That's awesome. Nice. nice, nice. Still my favorite shirt. <laughs> oh, by far, by I mean, far. The beer too, but that shirt is, tells the story. I was really upset I couldn't find mine. I know it's at the house somewhere. <laughs> same, same here, and, and, and it was funny talking about that shirt and talking about the, the punk rock beer fest. There was a dude there wearing the Kung Fu Elvis shirt, and I asked him if he went to the beer release the night before, and he looked at me wide on. He's like, what? You guys brewed it again? He was so bummed that he missed out on Aww. it. So I told him to get on down to Pizza Port OB and get a pint before it's gone because it is nice. going fast. But yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to be a part of that brew too, riding not just coattails uh, into the brewery. And, uh, and yeah, I actually coached my daughter's softball game at 9 a.m. the next morning before going to the punk rock concert. So it was a, it was a marathon weekend for me. But only, fun, nonetheless. Only yeah. something James could do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my assistant ended up on the couch, along with someone else in this room. Well, that's pretty impressive. All right, well, let's get back to Gina. All right, Gina. Uh, so, like I said, you know, we was, uh, I, I wanted to really get on to the expansion because you really, like, you got the Tommy Authors, you got the Bagby's. You got the nachos, you got the James. I mean, how many do you have? How many kids do you have around? Oh my <laughs> gosh. We can't leave out Mr. Ega Miyashiro either. I know, either. the first that's person that comes I, to I, mind I, is Ega, just because. Of that, that's how I got my foot in the door. 
meeting, meeting him after surfing at a barbecue, he walked in with pizza pork growlers. And I was like, oh, I spent my 21st birthday at the one in Slonin. And he said, oh, I'm going to be the new head brewer at the one in OB. Unbeknownst to me, it was literally being built right next door to my house. Wow. <laughs> so that's how I got it. I feel so happy for all those guys that have done what they've done. But, you know, I think of uh, Greg that went to... Greg Peters? Yes. Egg Beaters. Yeah. Shout out to Egg Greg. Beaters. I think of Shaggy. We saw him yesterday at Livewire. He's, mean, he's at North Park I, right a, now. There's so many that I couldn't even... Ryan Fields yes. doing his own thing up in Atascadero now. Him yeah. and Jackie. You got, you got Trevor Walls at Boer, uh, Brewery X up in yeah. L.A. We're all over. So not only does it span through San Diego, but it spans through like California and even past that. That's, that's yeah. an amazing lineage to have. Like Brandon, Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, there's a thought about it before you asked me that question, but... I think we'll see a lot at CBC. Are you guys going to CBC in Minneapolis? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, <laughs> that's where, like, yes, any, like, CBC or GABF are where we are reminded, because I run into so many people, and they're all over, spread out, and doing amazing things in this industry. Well, and that's, uh, I, I'll, I'll never forget, my first GABF was, what, back in 2010 with Pizza Port. That was the year Iga couldn't make it because Kaito was born. So we wore, mm -hmm. I made those green shirts. And we walked into Left Hand Brewing in, I believe it's Fort Collins, right? Left yeah. Hand Brewing. So we walked into Left Hand and all of us are sporting pizza port gear. And, and the guy's faces lit up and like, hey, the pizza port people are here. And that's when I got my first taste of, you know, being part of the, the beer family royalty that is pizza port. And, uh, oh. you know, gave us a great tour and had their great beers. And, yeah, the, the pizza port name is, 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 is almost as American as... as Apple pie when it comes to the beer. <laughs> I was worried what was about to come out after that. <laughs> hey, this is a kid's show, I, I, right? I, I, slow, I, I saw the Marine and you about to pop out. I was like, oh boy, let me get him some red crayons. They're about to go bad quick. That's four beers. He's yeah. locked up. He's locked up. <laughs> well, if you go to a JBF with Pizza Port, the, I believe that Thursday of the week, there's always the, the tour. So uh, Pizza Port provides a big tour bus. They offer the invitation to a lot of different people, breweries, friends, family, and we get to tag along and travel with them and, and just enjoy the festivities. And uh, yeah, like James said, everywhere we go, it's, it's a party and it's fun and it's great. I put, last time I went, we actually went on a hike, which that was that a, was We awesome, really yeah. switched it up yeah. for health. Just health reasons, but and that was, really uh, that was that was that was Tim's first, first taste. Yeah, Tim my, and Dolly came on that bus ride. I was on Edgeville. You sat right across from me. <laughs> oh my god, that's, where, that's probably where I met you. Yeah, that is where we that's first so met. That's so funny. Yeah, that was fun. But now that Nacho made that comment, I might have to get another bus. That day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, all right, add another, add another Everybody's one. Everybody's gonna be hitting you up. What is this bus? But I, I'm starting to have my own ideas right here. I feel like you really need to have like an epic collab. Like you really need to get everybody in, and like that would be a cool thing. For Shark Bite, our thirty anniversary, we had as many brewers as we could come brew that batch of beer because it was monumental. It was the first batch of beer we made on the Solana Beach system, and I don't know who all showed up for that. I'm I'm at appearance. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, was, I feel like every five years you need to do like a re big a, beer. A family tree type, type thing. And and that should be your your can. Like okay. just a family tree. Just be a thing. All these different places where they at. Yeah. And that's the beer, right? Peaceport yeah. University and then just a little tree branching out and things like that. Right. Yeah, that'd be a cool mural. That would be that. Uh, I mean, I'm. I mean, that's I mean, we, why we made, I we love this, this up business. On a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> why I love it, and it's always like the reunions over time are so much fun. But you asked me earlier, you know, when all these other breweries started opening, how I kind of how I felt, and and I ended up getting a bus and going. You know, I would do these bus tours. I would do. Three uh, buses in the because I thought what a better way to celebrate Oktoberfest. So I would get a bus and we would pub crawl. Basically, we would I would pick breweries that we could all visit, and I would do three different tours and three different like so for the month it was nine places altogether because wow. that's how I would try to visit every brewery in the month of October in a bus with fifty people. You can't do that no more. No. You, you no. Don't make it. Uh, what we got? I mean, you could. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I can't visit four breweries today without being. You might have to drag your liver. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Take a couple of naps on the right. trips between breweries, like. Oh, he will. <laughs> I mean, I am a sailor, so I can, I, I'm pretty sure I could do it. That lot. sounds like one yeah. hell of a time, though. That, man, yeah. during Oktoberfest, yeah, that's. But, I mean, you can still get the bus, but you sure won't visit that. <laughs> no, but I, the bus might, but you right. not. Might. At the time. I thought it's more of a courtesy thing, and I charged thirty dollars. They got a T-shirt, and it was basically turned into an all-you-can-drink buffet day for thirty dollars. And so we ran out of breweries we could go to. After a while, they were like, "You're not allowed here anymore." <laughs> I remember those pictures at Solana Beach. That was from those tours, right? Yes. Yeah, but the funny thing is, is that I'm still friends with total strangers that bought a ticket and. You spend, you know, a good portion of your day drinking with someone. Now we just do the Padre games and... Too bad the Chargers are gone. I miss I those Bronco know. buses. I mean, uh. We could always take the Don't long bus. You got two Bronco fans over here? Uh, well, just... Oh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So Gina's from Durango, Colorado, right? Durango-ish. Lakewood. Okay. But- so um, back when I was the driver for Pizza Port, I would drive down the uh, Vince's barbecue stuff and all the beer for the Padre games and the Charger game tailgates. And so Gina would always do, I believe, two games each season, correct? Right. And one of the Charger games was always the Bronco Charger game. And Gina was so rad, took such great care of me to where I'd work the event. And then she's like, she would come up and be like, hey. I scored you a ticket. And so I'd be able to go into the game with everyone. And, and like Gina said, a lot of those people were, they were regulars on those bus trips. And so you got to know who they were and they would go on all of them. And it was just a fun time of, they would do pickups at each of the, the Pizza Port pubs. You go down, you tailgate, get some uh, Vince's Good Barbecue, or we would do pizzas every once in a while. Go and enjoy the game, come back to the bus, and then drink on the way back to the pubs. And it was just always a good time. Everybody always had a great time. There was never a bad apple in the group. So thank you again for that. <laughs> I know. I'm excited to get it going again. I, Make sure I get the invite. Yeah, I was going to say, I would, I would love to be on that. That sounds like but one. They're so fun. Yeah. And I like that it's sporting event related because when we were just doing the pubs, it, was, it wasn't as engaging as far as what 
people, you know, that you have a start and an end, and someone else is kind of taken over in between the athletes. Yeah. But when when it was the pubs, it was it was pretty stressful because you bring fifty people in and they're all wearing their their I'm drinking and I've already been to three pubs shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would come in like a storm and I'd have to carefully choose the last place and one of the one of the last places. Luckily, I'm good friends with the Carl Strauss people, but they Oktoberfest they have the pig outside. Oh yeah. And one of our, our patrons on the bus actually went up to the pig and took the ear off the pig that was turning and ate it. And they called the next place we were going, and they warned everybody that we were going. And they didn't even let us in the last time. And I was like, the, the, this isn't probably a good idea, because I want to be friends with all my, yeah, my brewery friends. Those old yeah. buses getting on the place be dangerous. I, I think the last time I did one well with my Navy buddies, I didn't even realize. I forgot that I was in San Diego. <laughs> I got out the bus. We, I think it was, I remember we got out the bus. We was in Mission Brewery. And for some reason, I kept thinking I was like a, a, in like Oceanside somewhere. Like, I'm like, how are we back in San Diego? Like, <laughs> and we supposed to, no, I thought we was in Temecula. For some reason, I thought we was in Temecula. I'm like, ain't we supposed to be in Temecula? Like, like, there's not no, an airport like, next to Temecula. We have Mr. Brewery, the ballpark right there. I'm like, no, oh, we supposed to be in Temecula. This is Temecula. When Temecula gets this big, they're like, yo, you, in, you downtown San Diego. I'm like, yo, just give me another beer. <laughs> like, I'll just go with it. But yeah, we, we was at Mr. Brewery. But it took me a while to realize, like, for me to settle in just where I was at. Well, I'll keep an eye on you at the Padre bus. Yeah. You could get on any bus was, in that parking lot and end up somewhere you don't even know where you're I'd like to make a list. He's actually into making a list. And, you know, when you get too many Navy, let, let me tell you something. If you see a Navy group come in and there's more than five of them, you need to be wary. Like, it, it can quickly get out of control. If you see more five than is the magic five number. Five is the magic number. <laughs> if you see more than three Marines together, then it's probably going to get out of control oh, Lord. real quick. Two. You still should be questioned. Ask him. I don't know what you're talking about, Tim. Look, trust me, he knows. I, I got a whole story I'm going to tell you after this about JBL, but but I got a whole great story on, on James and his jarhead. Okay. Well, speaking of, speaking of the Navy, it was uh, Tim's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. The Navy Chiefs. Happy it, birthday. It was, it, was, it was the Chiefs' birthday. Cheers. Cheers to Happy that. birthday, Chief. Yeah, I learned that uh, he was saying happy birthday to all these people. I was like, how do you know? <laughs> he was like, yeah, to explain to me. I was like, no, it's the Chiefs for the Navy. It's the, okay. it's the day. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a retired Navy chief. And so we celebrate every uh, April 1st as the Chiefs' birthday. Go yeah. figure. Yes. <laughs> like saving people swimming or something? Oh, well, that was my job. I did search and rescue in the Navy. Okay. Uh, but the chief is a rank, so like I, pretty much when you join the navy as an enlisted, one of your main goals is to be a chief. You got to You got You got chief, senior chief, master chief. But you want to be a chief at, at all costs. You want to get a chief if you're gonna be twenty years. So I made made it to chief. Decided I wanted to retire, and then for some crazy reason, I decided I needed to open up a brewery. <laughs> and here I am. You earned the ability to do what you want to do. Well, that's the goal. I, th- I think a lot of people don't 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 get that. A lot of times, people, like I said, they got these great ideas, but they just don't follow through. 
you know, it's like what you said when you decided I'm just gonna do this. It's like they have, and you did it, and look where you at today, and look what, how many people you affected. You get what I'm saying? Like if you would have said no. Infected or affected? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Both. Right. Joking. But you know, you know, only people whose lives you didn't change. You know. Uh, but if you would have did made the other decision and decided to stick with the, you know, I'm not gonna do this because this is I'm gonna lose my money or something like that. Well, I, you, when you have nothing to lose, it makes it a lot easier to do something. I mean, I really that's at that point I really felt like there. I mean, I really did start with not wanting to go into exercise physiology, not wanting. I wanted to be the person that runs down on the football team and assesses the injury during a game. And, but then I thought, I don't know if I really want the, all the rest that comes with that. I mean, it, it'd be great. I could save some people, but, but I think uh, just every avenue you have as a brewery owner, you can, you can do events. You can, you know, there's, there's so many different angles to to fulfill your life dream, you know, and you can choose and focus in on the areas that you want to really, really want to do. And, you know, some of the stuff, even no matter how many locations you have, like for me, it's the one thing that I wasn't bummed at all to give up was HR, is like dealing with some of the employee issues and like enforcing rules that that one that one I'm happy someone else does it I mean I liked creating the good stuff but to have to like go to the other side is a little tough but you really can if you have a multitude of talents you can focus in on the areas you love when you have your own business whether it's brewing or anything you can really either be the creative side the organizational side the so many different angles to figuring out what you want to do. So, so what you're saying is figure out what you want to do and just do it. <laughs> For me, it's events and just the, the fun side of it. I mean, if I could just do all the fun stuff, that's, that's my goal. Yeah, that's my goal, too, you know. <laughs> but I, got, I still got to do, <laughs> yeah, like, the responsible right. stuff a little bit now too so that's why Tim has Nacho and I he'll he'll do the responsible stuff and we'll bring the pizza port fun side of it into the (laughs) equation Dolly does all the responsible stuff (laughs) Dolly does she keeps you responsible right (laughs) yeah if I I definitely gravitate toward just wanting to do the fun and the events and all that but but you gotta you gotta do the other stuff too definitely definitely I remember working there and you would sometimes jump in in the kitchen if if, it's, if they needed help That's or, or fill in, making yeah. a pizza or help, yeah, helping out customers <laughs> Take it back to the beer. original days. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's been two hours already, haven't it? We are at a minute and sixteen almost. So oh, what? Minute and sixteen, or right, an hour and sixteen. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> I've been having a couple too. <laughs> I'm only asking. All right, take his beer away. I was Hour gonna say 16. time flies when you're having fun, <laughs> but a minute and sixteen I, I is an insult. So I see you're drinking a shark bite there. Yes. So so as I, Gina said, they did that for their 30th anniversary, yes. and and that beer is very near and dear to my heart because it was 
not only the last beer I helped brew for Pizza Port with Devin Randall. Oh, talk about my. another Pizza oh, Port alum. Wow. Uh, Ms. Devin Randall, who's amazing. She's up in LA now at Imperial Western. Uh, right when I was moving over to Port Brewing Lost Abbey, Devin had remembered a story that I told her about Shark Bite being my first legal beer. So on my 21st birthday, my first legal oh, pint that my. I bought was Shark Bite Red in Solana Beach. And Devin remembered that story, and she's like, she called me up and said, hey, I'm about to brew it in, in Solana. Do you want to come down and brew it with me? So that was the last beer that I helped brew oh, uh, nice. at Beach Waters with Devin in Solana. So, wow. yeah, full circle with that beer for sure. This is definitely a delicious beer. What I, was your first <clears throat> beer? First uh, legal beer or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, first legal beer. Oh, man. It was at a Padres game. You know what? It might have it been a Pizza Port beer. Because that was really? at Petco. What are you, 23? Oh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is this guy? Wait, we have 31, so we're on 10 our, years ago. It would have been. We were there the, for the first time, I think, eight years ago. Okay, so then maybe it was a little before. Yeah, man, I'm trying to... It, if it wasn't a pizza port, it might have been a Carl Strauss beer. I'm trying to even remember it 10 years ago. Um, I have the photo somewhere, but... The, the last time I remember, it was the last time I was at Petco, I grabbed a Swami's. You're, you spent your 21st birthday at Petco? Yeah, one nice. of them, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that, what, what's your birthday, if you don't mind me asking? March 25th. All right. So just, just turned 31. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an August boy, and uh, that was one of the things I'd love to do for my birthday is just go to a Padres game. Yeah. And uh, they were gone for a good stretch of years where I couldn't do it. And... I believe it was last year. It was the first time in years they were they were back on my birthday. So I had a huge crew there. We ended up on the big screen, uh, so that was pretty cool. And they're going to be back this year playing the Colorado Rockies, I believe. Ooh, that's nice. a good game. Yeah, going to be going to that to hopefully see us beat up on the cellar dwellers. There you but, go. Uh, we gotta we gotta get the season started next week. It's yeah. coming. So yeah. baseball's here. You guys going to opening day? Um, I will definitely be downtown because it's on my way home. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I rarely miss opening day. Uh, I usually go to the game, but this year, my boys and I, we didn't get a group of tickets, so we might just hang out in the gas lamp and yeah. probably hit up Lost Abbey, the church. Cool. Shameless yeah, plug. Yeah, definitely. I want to check out the church. That's It's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I went for their soft opening, and on my way to work the other morning, I was actually listening to uh, uh, Benny, Benny and Woodsy on 97.3 The Fan Sports Radio Talk, and they were actually broadcasting from the church. Nice. So they were there all day, and, and if I would have known that, I would have stopped by on the way to work. Yeah. Might not have made it to work, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so Lost Abbey is, is, is down there now in the East Village, right close to the stadium, so I'll probably end up there on opening day to tell you the truth. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, one of the things I miss working with you guys is the Padres appreciate, Employee Appreciation Day game, Padres game event you guys do. So that's that was a, a good one. Yeah, so it was fun. Actually, this last year, I got a phone call from, from James over here telling me he was saying that with the... I'm like, I'm actually with the pizza worker right now. It yeah. It's pretty funny because... I was like, what? I'm all about including. And when we have that event, it, it just... There's no way if you guys were even in the general vicinity that I wouldn't offer and extend the invitation to the suite. Sometimes we have extra tickets, but... Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome because I was there with my two cousins and we were sitting uh, second row, uh, right in left field there and just sweating bullets. I mean, it was, it was a hot day. 
And I, my cousins were lamenting that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, the Pete's Port Peeps have a suite somewhere. And I just remember literally looking straight up, and I saw Steve Brown. So I texted him. I was like, hey, dude, look down. And he looks down, and I get another text going, bro, we got shade and cold beer up here. And, and yeah, you guys were gracious enough to uh, not only allow me up there, but my two cousins as well. And so Anytime. gained hero the status the with them for that. that at the Padre game, yeah, that go. Oh, nice. Uh, nice suite for, as Nacho was saying, the... The uh, PECO Employee Appreciation Day, which, you know, Pete's Port has multiple locations inside the park. So they had a nice suite set up. It was pretty sweet. It's a great partnership. Love working with Padres. And they're, it's a third-party food service that runs our pizza. So we have limited involvement with the pizza side. I mean, it's our dough. We ship them our crust. You know, so it's our crust, cheese, sauce, all of that. But... I mean, sometimes our pizza... Shout out to the dough makers at Pizza Port. Yes, yes, absolutely. The dough but, boys. I mean, there's been, there's been a few games that our pizza was unrecognizable, and I've spent the entire game in the kitchen trying to work with this third party. We used to, uh, in the Navy, we used to volunteer, and we had gone to all the different Rubio's. So they had the workers there. You were making tacos at Rubio's we, yeah. and stuff? So we would volunteer, and then they would give a portion to the military for volunteering to work there. And let me tell you, we was all jacked up. Well, that might have been... That <laughs> oh, yeah. Been, <laughs> been, been a couple beers deep making tacos. I mean, oh, I it, have... Oh, it was, was they terrible. Were, and then we used to... Cause <laughs> they, they, my burrito. We found out that they count <laughs> the shrimp in my shrimp turkey. Right? So what we would do is take a bucket and pour the beer in the bucket and we'd just go to the back and get drunk. Like, we would literally walk out of that. Like, just falling over. <laughs> so what Tim is speaking to, one of the last um, festivals I did with Pizza Port was also at uh, Petco. And it was back in the park, and the park was one of their beer fests. And they had a bunch of Marines there, uh, and, and they were volunteering to raise money for the Marine Corps Ball, which is our birthday we do every year in November. Uh, and I got in trouble because one of the people told me that, that I could let the Marines taste the beer. I was not allowed to let the Marines taste the beer. And of course, the Marines, being Marines, didn't just taste the beer. Well, they, taste. <laughs> it's a perspective. They, they kept tasting it. Kind of the taster. Yeah. As long as they. That's what you're dealing with at Pepper. As long as you get the right volunteer that doubles the pepperoni on the slice and makes yeah. it three times bigger. Oh, we, we're double the pepperoni. They're giving more here. This is what you want. But this, the skimping ones now. So the one star came from Tim. <laughs> I was at Rubio. Oh, sorry, Rubio's. <laughs> that was tense. I could have worked. I, I mean, I could have worked at a pizza point joint. I, I know I worked at a place that was serving pizza. I'm gonna be honest. I was getting so drunk, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. So it definitely wasn't pizza point. <laughs> yeah, I think they. I think you. You might be the reason they have rules now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys talk about the IB project at all? How's that rolling along? Oh, we did talk about the IB project. It's going to be in between Ocean Beach and Solana Beach size, pretty much. Very manageable, accessible. Well, you're going to be the first brewery in that uh, beach. I mean, um, how does that feel? Because you've got to... I don't think people realize there's a difference between a, a, a tasting room and a brewery. I feel like a brewery brings a whole different... Well, because you're feel. in... Like, a brewer cares about that, but you look at all of the the... The licenses, because for every brewery you can get six licenses, and I don't know. Do you? I mean, this is a good question because do you think people care if a brewery 
has beer brewed on site because I, I do. I, do. I, yeah. I am like <laughs> we so passionate about it because every one of your breweries has a brewery on site. Right, and we have a brewer that identifies with the personality and the culture of the place, and I think it's essential. But there are a lot of places that open and they'll even put a, a brewery to make it look like a brewery but it's not even functional it might even be a walk-in or they use it as refrigeration it's not a functional brewery and and i i think i see costs associated with it and how you save money by just packaging beer and sending it there and pegging it off but for me i think that's it's not even because I think it's important for, I just think it adds a personality to each place that is got to happen. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, being an OB, which was also the first uh, brewery, operational brewery in Ocean Beach was Pizza Port and and, uh, the tasting rooms down there, I think there's like five or six now. And me being a beer fan, I'll go to some of them if my friends are working to say hi and have a you know a quick pop and break from the pizza port, but there's just something about going to where the beer is made and seeing where it's made. Uh, but touching on that, like you said, there's there's a lot of um, you know beer patrons uh, or just the general public. Like I remember working at Pizza Port OB and, and a lot of people asking me if we actually made beer on the system because you know it would be at nighttime and, and the brewer wouldn't be there. And, and they would just think that it was for decoration. And I'd be like, no, man, that's, that's a pretty expensive hood ornament. No, it, it works. Uh, that's, that's where all the beer gets made. But, uh, yeah, there's something to be said about having um, the facility or drinking beer at the facility where it's made. When being part of that, like, you'll get the random customer comes in and you're brewing a beer. And they come in and they ask what's going on. And you explain to them, I'm brewing this, you know, so-and-so. They come back a few weeks later. And you let and you recognize them, and you let them know, like, hey, remember that time you came in? That beer's on tap now, and there's that extra like appreciation, knowing that that beer, you know, it's it's there, it's fresh, and it's you know. When well, that's why they're back, they're yeah. excited. Yeah. it's like it's basically a birthing process that they're witnessing the birth of what you created when they were there. I also think it it helps with the creativity, because a lot of times you'll get customers that bug you to make this beer. And you be like, you know what, I'm gonna just make this beer for you. And it's funny watching them walk in and like, you made that beer for them. And they be like, oh fuck, you made it. <laughs> you actually <laughs> like, did yeah, it. You, I got tired of you asking me. Yeah, like, you know, like, but you I mean, know, it's not that you got tired of asking you, like you just wanted to see their reaction. I was just, I made the beer, even though I'm serving it to everyone, I really made it just for you, just to see your reaction. <laughs> when did you see this beer it was made? And it's like, you can't get that if you don't have a brewery. If your beer is being made all the way over there, how do that brewer know what is happening over here? Oh, like, yeah. I think every brewery has its own unique uniqueness to it. Like every time I walk into one of the pizza ports and I talk to the brewery, brewer, you know, you got your staple beers, but they also have their own beers that they're making. But those beers is kind of really a took going tune with that area and what they in and what they dealing yeah. with customer based in that area right when yeah you're excited yeah. about what they made you know you're just like creating something that you want the reaction and the feedback and I think we've always had a really open honest 
situation with all of our brewers that yeah. if it didn't turn out, we're not afraid to be like, okay, this is these are some things we could have done differently to create a different. I mean, you're as definitely a, getting the feedback when the customer's sitting right in front of you <laughs> as you're making the beer. <laughs> the expression on their face. Yeah, you're you're hearing it all, so you you take that all that in. You know, yeah. it could be annoying at times, but at the same time, you. You know, you, like I said, you take like the good and the bad, and yeah. and grow from it, and and you you are all in the bit the brewery industry, obviously, but like as a consumer, like that's a question I've never actually kind of sat down and thought about. Like, is there what's the difference in my mindset for going to a tap room versus a brewery? And you, you're all right, like it's definitely a different. I've, I haven't never thought of it before exactly, because I've gone to different breweries, different tap rooms. And that different mindset and the different atmosphere kind of at a actual production brewery versus a tap room. And that was a good question to think about. I actually like that because like you both, uh, all of you said, a brewery does have a different atmosphere. You get to have a little bit more of like a behind the scenes. Different smell. Yeah. Oh, man. I I love that smell. When you come in and that malt hits you, oh, that's one of the best smells ever, period. Um, and that's one of those differences. Like, you get a different smell, you get a different vibe, different atmosphere. So that's something I'll definitely keep in mind next time I travel. And hopefully the viewers kind of think about that next time. And it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a regional thing. Yeah. Um, like, when I started with Chula Vista Brewery, I made it a point. Um, I remember when I, I had lunch with Tim and Dolly, and Dolly asked me what I knew about Chula Vista being from San Diego. And, and I honestly answered the question and said, it's on the way to Mexico. It's where all the big concerts are. That's the only thing I knew about Chula Vista at the time. It's a great town. It's a great city. And, uh, but I didn't know it too well. So I also didn't know what people liked to drink at the time. So um, you know, I was taken over for, the, for another brewer uh, whose beer making was a little bit different than mine. His style was a little different than mine. Uh, so I made it a point to hang out after hours and kind of like get to meet the people who were regulars and see what the heck they wanted to drink and kind of brew what they, what's that grin for too? I'm only laughing because that night, that's when he saw, uh, I remember that first, that was the first night you hung out and what was, oh, they were the, dancing to Oh, some, Achy Breaky Heart. Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> so, so it was I had a gone, Spanish version I had, though. I had, I had gotten off of work and, and one, of the, one of the bartenders, her and her boyfriend, uh, her boyfriend was hanging out at the bar and she got off and they were like, have you, have you been to the bars in, in downtown Chula? I was like, no. So they took me around the spots, you know, Docks and Silver Dollar, all the dive bars on the block. Man. And we ended up back at, at Chula Vista Brewery, and I'm just kind of standing off to myself in the back. And we kind of had, like, two little separate dance floors, like one main big one and one off to the side. And the song comes not on. really a dance floor. People just... <laughs> yeah, they'd make their own dance floor. You can make anything yeah. a dance floor. We don't have a dance floor. This song comes on with this eerily familiar beat, and I'm just like, no way. And I even asked the, the girl who's bartender, I'm like, is this where I think this? She's like, oh, just wait. And as soon as it started cutting in with the lyrics, which were in Spanish, it yep. was... Achy Breaky Heart, yep. but Corazon it was in Spanish. Say, I think Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah, Corazon yeah, yeah, Nacho. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, the coolest thing was is all of these people lined up and they stood up, started doing a line dance to it. Yeah. It was the craziest thing I had ever seen. In my the Spanish life. version might be a little better than the original, in my opinion. I think it was better. Uh, I think. It was, I mean, I took a video and you just hear me yeah. laughing like a type in the background. Yeah, it's a totally different vibe. Like. It, it, it's just a totally different vibe. Like, uh, you, I think you'll find this out real quick that your number one beer selling is going to be all your light beer. Yeah. Like, for sure. What's like, interesting, even seeing what California Honey's done in our core lineup honey is, beer is, awesome. is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a great beer, but 
I mean, it was almost just to kind of balance out the portfolio and and it has Believe it or not, your honey performed beer, your honey beer is what one of the reasons why I love craft beer because oh. I, was, I was slow to the IPAs very slow to the IPAs and um, so I started drinking craft beer I started drinking Sam Adams first nice. and then I, went, I was going over I was deploying a lot so I would come home I would be home for like three months at a time I was back gone three months at a time back gone and I'd be gone for like ten months so I was mainly drinking overseas beer, but it was all overseas beer was a lot of lager, a lot of light beer. Right. So when I got home and it was all the craft beers, and I remember when I first had a pizza port beer, I walk into the NEX and there's this beer up there, and I'm looking at it, it says Chronic, and I'm looking at it sideways, <laughs> like, what the, I'm from, I'm from the project, so I see Chronic, I'm like, well, you're smoking it, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> little extra terpenes like, so added I, in. I took out the can, like, yo, you know, I'm in the Navy, I can't be just drinking shit with, you know, THC in it, so I'm turning the can, like, like a motherfucker, like, trying to check the ingredients, like, they ain't even got the greenies on this motherfucker. <laughs> so, all the Chronic, so, the beer that built the empire. Right, so, <laughs> I literally, I literally walked up to the people in the store like, hey, y'all know y'all selling chronic in this motherfucker? They look at me like, I'm I just got back. It's Chronicle. So chronic could have yeah, been on the show. <laughs> chronic could have been on the show for about a year or so plus. Yeah. I, I'm like, y'all know y'all got this? You know, I'm like, straight hood came out of me again. <laughs> Well, let's even. I, I had these. I had, the, I had these two white girls in Pete's Port OB when I was, you know, just a a, a beer tender there, and. Um, Poured him a pitcher of beer, and as I'm ringing him up, I can hear one girl, she grabs it like it's a cup of coffee, and she's smelling the aroma, and she says to her friend, she's like, oh, my God, I can smell the weed in here. And I'm just like, <laughs> there's no weed in there. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to disappoint, but... Yeah, and it's an amber ale, so there's not even that, mu- that much hops. I, I believe it's four pounds of Liberty, right, for a 15-barrel batch? Yeah. That's, that's about it. Oh, 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 I remember... Good beer. Oh, I remember uh, brewing at Peace Sport. You didn't want to run out of chronic... Just nope. like brewing at Chula Vista, you don't want to run out of Guarita. Yeah, the no, Guarita, yeah. the Blondale. It, it, it's hard. It's chronic as, a brewer, as a brewer, oh, it's hard uh, to like yeah, you keep up. I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think Nacho's out of Guarita right now. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> we got the Guarita yeah, light. Yeah. Oh, no, I brought him a cake the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nah, I just got to switch the line. I got the new, the new batch ready. Oh, nice. You know, the weird thing about chronic is that's not the brewer's beer. Right. That is the people's beer. And so, right. I mean, as a aficionado, I love going into a brewery and I just say, what does the brewer drink? Because you know you're going to get the beer that they're most, pa- that's the one that they really have their heart around. But Chronic is always the, like, brew it to, for the customers, which is great, too. You don't want to run out of it, but... When the, the, I've always wondered why the beer that the people like is not the one that the I'm the, the same brewer way you wants. Can, some, uh, can uh, you give me to drink a blonde? You can't no, give me to drink a blonde. No. And that's your number one selling beer. I could still brew that beer in my sleep. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got that recipe in my memory. Just like, oh yeah, it was like clockwork. What, what would be the? And we would still run out. What's, yeah. What, yeah. What's what would be the? Beer? Yeah. It's not a secret. I'm Swami's yeah, girl. Yeah, Swami's girl. And that that recipe evolved over time. It's not the same recipe now. When we had our 30-year anniversary, when we released the Shark Bite 30-year, we did we did the updated version of Swami's, and I just I love that beer. I 
I yeah, we Mike Avishan and I brewed that together for Bressy Ranch when I was still Mike's assistant. We did the first batches of Swamis for Bressy before you guys were brewing there. And it was nice. That was the first time I had ever brewed it because it was a Solana beer, uh, you know, up until that point. Right. Well, you talk about ideas and I, you know, I love the name Swamis. I love the, you know, every, like the, you know, the spiritual side of what it means and all of that. But, but it wasn't the beer that I thought about putting into the can because I thought, I don't really know. We need to come up with this beer. And I came up with a really stupid idea. You guys probably don't even know this, but. I had an idea of doing a beer called Retox instead of Detox. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I trademarked it. And I was like, yes, we are going to flood the market with the first can off the line with Retox. You coming from a guy, they have not let me name not one beer at the brewery. Hey, I've tried to get you to name a beer, Probably smart. I've tried to get you to name a beer. And everyone's like, Then he has to borrow my crayons. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, why don't you just do swamis? I'm like, well, I drink that beer all the time. And, like, the recipe isn't, like, the, the recipe is a little maltier. I like, like, I want a new recipe. And so I had them make a beer that was my retox recipe, and that's what swamis is now. They made the recipe, and then they're like, well, what's your favorite name? And so we just... Like uh, I've, I've, I've been trying to come up with a beer. <laughs> I even get a name out. I've been trying to do this Operation Clusterfuck for some time. <laughs> you know, oh, we're going to do it. They I like can't it. wait for that to They're come like, out. You, you, we're going to do it. Like, you can't put that Clusterfuck on the can. Like, <laughs> I Cluster Cluck. <laughs> Just call it differently. Yeah. PH something. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, do you remember, like, I had a April Fool's Day list of beer names, and one of them we actually put on the menu. Yiga did. Skidmark Brown was on that. That I was, was on the April up. Fool's Day I list. I was like, wasn't that your beer? There's somebody who probably wanted to drink this. Oh, I would have been like, yeah, I like oh, the brown. You should have seen, oh. seen the shirts. Shirts, yeah. <laughs> about that has the shirts. Oh, the shirts, and, the, and not only did yeah, the shirts. Skid Mark Brown shirt? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. The first round. And the first round of shirts came. Out. So it was supposed like, to be sold out. a white. Uh, it was a white base shirt, <laughs> and the only color for the font I and the logo the was hey. supposed to be brown. They it came out color. looking like bloody poop. <laughs> oh man! It was like reddish brown with a streak of poo down. There <laughs> was it a red ale? <laughs> they were quite. They were. They were quite horrid, but cult classic. I mean, oh, man. Those shirts, if you got one. That's the thing. Yeah, right? yeah. You guys had an idea. Got to do it. There is a gold medal winning beer. What? Uh, we're winning beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I made it a one winning beer. That, that would be Mr. Mr. Miyashiro. Yeah. Secretly, right. I was like, if there's ever a beer name I want to go on the board at GABF, that was it. Yeah, which was funny because I remember making a joke about that. And somebody, I was like, whose idea was that? And they're like, it was actually Gina's. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you're not. Said, I really want to do this beer, and I'm like, if Yiga, wholehearted, like goodness of Yiga, wants to have that be his beer on the board, I'm not saying no. All right. Well, I, I remember I, the one after that. You guys were gonna call it garbage. Oh, oh beast break. Yeah. The really? garbage? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I remember it was like, no, let's. 
We did skid mark. So Let's hold back skid mark garbage. brown is okay, but garbage isn't. All right. I, like, I like skid mark brown a lot better than garbage. Yeah, you can play it off. You know, it's a bike thing. You remember when you used to make skid marks on your bike when you were right. a kid? I like skid mark brown a lot better. Yeah. Wasn't there like a video with the the pizza port van skidding off? Oh, <laughs> no, that was just some footage of me pulling up to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you on time, James? That's what happened with Sprinter. No, we, we've come up with some fun names at Pete's Sport over the years. I'm going to get back in it. We got another question for you, Gina. Okay. So, you actually did a rebranding. Yes. Uh, you know what's funny? I didn't pick up on it because I normally just, I don't really look at Brandon the cans, but Brandon picked up on it. I know you talked about it with uh, Beer Night in San Diego, but I was just kind of curious about, like, what kind of brought about that whole rebrand? There were a lot of reasons, and I mean, for one, it's good for your brand, and all marketing 101 classes will tell you that, but for us, a lot of it, we, one of our biggest beers was Swami's, and we developed that label and design with Sean Dominguez, our artist. 25 years ago and things weren't as politically correct as uh, now and I mean we were getting a lot of pushback are you talking about the the women on the can no um, the Swami's character on the can oh Oh, yeah yeah. racially or ethnically insensitive well and stereotypical and I try to explain that our cans are whimsical and fun and that you know but that doesn't really fly when there's some really deep thoughts that go behind it. For me, I mean, you know, the the snake whisper okay. is uh, that's a traditional thing that they still do in Hinduism and things so and I'm I'm no expert to even like really talk about the that but that was that was all of the the opinions that were going into that can and I I just Think you just it's wanted. still a fun. We, you know, our our design by nature is cartoony and fun, and and it wasn't to make fun of anyone, but it was just, you know, historically, people still do that. And yeah. I mean, we had a big deal when we did Witches Wit. I was going to mention that. That was that was. Oh, you know, what we think going into a label is much different than how it's perceived situation. Okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you familiar you know, with that one, Brandon? I don't think I've known that. I don't so, know that one. So that was a Lost Abbey brand, and uh, it was a wit beer, obviously, and oh. it was literally a woman being burned at the stake. Oh, so yeah, I have, I have seen that Not a faint yeah. of heart for the religious folk. They did yeah. not. We, we no, no pun intended, we were crucified for it. The Wiccans came ah, out yeah. on that one, and, and you know, and how dare a, a primarily female yeah. owned business do this. But I'm like, this stuff happened. You know, we're, we're telling a story, and that's not as cartoony, but yeah. I'm like, we're telling a story on a can without really trying to make a huge. Yeah, you're not diving, you're not trying to dive that deep into it. It's like, we're. Because, I mean, I'm drinking the California honey, and it's like there's nice honeybee with the daisy, the, the old school, like, wood-sided, like, surf wagon. So it's more of, like, just a, yeah, like you said, whimsical, kind of, like, easygoing design versus... Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a lot easier to offend people in a perspective kind of way now than 
it ever used to be. You, you yeah. know, you used to be able to look at a label, and if you didn't believe, think, or agree with what it's saying, you just either don't buy that beer. But yeah. But so that was one reason. But we just, I mean, the Ponto can was one of the ones that I, I liked the original, but this one was. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful really can. fun redo. Yeah, I was like, I like the way that one looks, like yeah. aesthetically, and just the way the the letters are different colors and the font, and it is a creative option. And I mean, to be honest, like our sales team gets bored with our cans, yeah. so it's kind of like getting a new outfit. Yeah, yeah. So cool. I that was a big reason. But we just have you guys seen the have you seen the port brewing? Have you seen Wipeout and, uh, and I High have. Tide? I, I saw the High Tide today on the sign at the festival. The color of the Wipeout can is so pretty. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super what color is that? Is that what? It's, it's in the same color palette. Like if you went to the paint store it would be on the same card probably. I, I, I'm just yeah. telling you I'm, I'm going to be looking for Periwinkle everywhere now. No, the yeah. color Next the stop Lowe's to check the little Really pretty. I'm gonna just send you a picture of every new can. <laughs> is this Periwinkle? Is this uh-huh. Periwinkle? Yeah, I do like the, the rebrand was really cool. Like it still keeps to the original style, but it's a little bit newer, updated, things like that. And so. just like, and you know, for the Swami's logo, it's all about you know recognizing a really amazing spot in yeah. Encinitas and the temple, and you know, I think that there's a lot to do with the mines set on how you live your life and I think about it deeper when I think of Swami's but I mean I love that beer because of the beer but I also think of you know there is a there is a difference the person's mindset to how they live their life and you you really do have the freedom to make all your own choices and they have consequences and but if you're making a choice from your heart I really do think that it's going to be the right choice for you. It yeah. might not. It might not make everybody else happy, but it makes it makes the most sense for you if yeah. it's coming from the right place. Well, and that's one of the things I noticed about your guys' rebranding right away was just something so small as putting your kind of unofficial official motto around all the tops of the cans, yes. which is also, I believe, inscribed in the cement at every single location. Correct, yeah. which is good beer brings good cheer. And I've always loved that. That that's one of those things that like it always. If I'm ever sharing a can of this, like I always try to remember, like definitely bring in that cheers. You're in good company. You're sharing a beer together. It's good company. It's good times. So it always brings it back around. So and it's a nice like circle, circle around the can, circular around the can, and it kind of always makes you just kind of take a full view of the whole can. It, there, well, there's a lost opportunity on the top. Right. Yeah, it's a good. It's it was just a, wasted space. <laughs> so, like, if you don't fill it with something fun and yeah, I, it, it's interesting to see what people put there. Yeah. If you put anything at all, but the first run we didn't have anything there, and I'm like, that. What are we doing? What are we doing with the spot? Can you print there? Yeah. And can you put like a fun message there? That, yeah, it's, it's very fitting. It does go with the can, the brand, and it's the only thing besides the logo of Pizza Port that is the same across every style and every brand of beer. So yeah. I think it, it fits very well. That is a good point. When how do you, like, what, what's your, do you do your brainstorming and the ideas for everything that comes out of here? Or? Are you talking about for the logo? Or? Yeah. 
Uh, I do. Uh, so, like, I, I just come up with crazy ideas and crazy sayings, and I just try to figure out which one sticks and which one don't. Um, and, but I, yeah, I, I just mainly focus on the, the, the beer side of the house. Everything has to be a, a, a quality at the end of the day, so, um, but when it comes to branding, um, I kind of like, uh, I, I think that's just military and everything needs to be like clear cut. Uniform, neat, clean, yeah. and organized. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's but that's but that's one problem we had, and what Tim's exactly. trying to get on is is we he and I we, we've only really concentrated on what's gone into the can, and we've kind of left up the can fabrication and design to our our guys um, who do it. But we also we didn't start canning until the pandemic, so everything for us was kind of you know to to basically save our livelihood, save what we were doing. So we didn't really have time to sit down and be like do mock-ups and be like, okay, here, here's what we're going to, what do you think of this, you know, yeah. A, B, C, or D? It was just kind of like, what do you think of this? Yeah, that looks good. Okay, let's roll with it. So it'll be something that gets refined over over time. When you, that you can always work on. The right. thing that really matters, there's nothing more important than the what you're going to taste out That's of the can. Right. Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, when we were all talking about the rebranding and all of that, I'm like, as long as the beer still is the same, I would not want the perception of someone thinking, we rebranded, we changed the, but cereal brands do it all the time. You look at like marketing over time and it, it they change it to make it exciting and relevant and yeah. all of that. But as long as you guys keep making good beer, your beer is amazing. You're like, all of that yeah. is, like secondary, I think, yeah. to what product you're putting out. Yeah, yeah. product comes first. Yeah, I think right now we're still trying to figure it out. When out, like what what our brand want to be, and uh, and I think it's a big difference because it's a big art. It's a fight. It's a battle between me and the wife. I, I like to simplify things. All the font needs to be the same, and oh. my wife wants colors and. Picasso all over the can. <laughs> your art, some of your cans. I, like one, I always wonder how that is when it's like that much involvement between husband and wife. Oh, it's I've a battle. Really, it's a battle. Like, I mean, that's, a, you, that's your dinner table always, conversation. I mean, I'm knives I will always cooking. accept the loss <laughs> because I do need to sleep with her at night. Uh, but you, you know, get to. Don't, right. no, don't <laughs> need no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good though because we keep each other grounded because we both have two different views on yeah on good balance yeah so I, I like I, I we all crack jokes like it's serious like I'm more the visionary looking for things she's more the operational side of things so she keep me grounded because I was like I would spend everything in the bank like so I, <laughs> do it. I don't care what the results are we just about to do it she's like nope you about to go burp. <laughs> you ain't doing this, you know. That's great. So, like, I, I think I came up with something the other day, and I was like, "Yo, we could spend, I don't know, we could spend twelve thousand dollars on this, and we good." She's like, "No, I ain't about to let you spend twelve thousand I'm like, and I tried to argue it to the T until finally I realized, like, nah, it's probably a bad idea. Like, because he kept saying it was a bad idea, but if she was not there. I would sure hell wasted twelve thousand dollars. It had to find out the hard way that this was a bad idea. Well, it's easy to get really excited about something and just want to implement it and put it in, put it in action, and then 
then it's not a good idea. So as long as you have the right people, people to bounce ideas off of, and I mean, it, it can. There's so many so many factors that go into owning a brewery that that if you don't have the perspective from the full range of minds, it it. it there's always going to be a missing piece. So, so what's your what's your process? Because you got a good team. So, how did you surround yourself with such a good team? Because everybody, it, it, everybody who end up like, because I, I always say in this industry it's a revolving door. People come and go. People yeah. come and go. But when people come from your team and they leave, it's is they don't just leave because no nobody ever leave peace support because they. They butter. They need peace support because, <laughs> like, they just growing and growing and growing. So, like, how do you keep? How do? You, how did you do that? Where you surround yourself around certain, like, because you you literally growing up from from birth. You you grabbing them at the literally at the dishwashing <laughs> dish. You know what I'm saying? Or making. I, I don't know. I think. I mean, culture is an evolving question, but I don't know when. When I mean starting out small, that's who you spend the majority of your day with, and I just wanted to be with people that I wanted to spend my day with. And I mean that's a simple version, but really it's like you you, you back to creating your own life is being able to spend time with the people you really relate to, care about, you share fun thoughts, and you know one idea leads to another, and inevitably, like that's happiness to me. So it's you know, and we've had people that would be happier somewhere else, and you know it's a better fit at the time, and like a lot of good timing, a lot of great luck, and uh, I mean my my before you know before it, there were all the rules and regs with employment. I would hand someone a, instead of an application, I'd hand them a brown paper bag. They're like, do you have an application? And I would just hand, hand them a <laughs> brown paper bag. And they were like, what do I do with this? I'm like, I don't know, just put any relevant information on that you think is pertinent. And so I'd get these brown paper bags that had like everything that an application would include and more. But I'm always, the first thing I look at in an application is hobbies. I'm like, how interesting is this person? And, like, how fun is it going to be to have them on our team? And, you know, it's not, you know, you can look at all the other things, like education, like, but hobbies for me is one of the more, if they didn't have a single hobby listed, it went in the round file cabinet, cabinet you know. Boring. <laughs> That's a really cool way to do that. I really That's do. I, like, I was, I, or if they work somewhere super interesting. MIT. That's cool. <laughs> You're too even smart. Sorry. Like, or like even if it were MIT, I'd be then what what are you doing here? Or like bring, bring yeah. it on. Like that would be an interesting thing too. I mean I see people go from really lucrative careers to getting into the brewing industry and yeah. it, you know, you've worked so hard to get this crazy degree and now you wanna you want to work harder want to for less money. money. That is a passion-driven person. Person, yeah, yeah. I've seen that yeah. a lot lately. So, yeah, because yeah, I was about to say, how do you how do you deal with that? Because you get a lot of people that want to want to get in the big industry, and, and 
trying to figure out. Like, I have a people that ask me questions, how do you get in the beer industry? And I always just tell them, like, what do you mean, how do you get in the beer industry? Like, are you, did you just walk through the door? They're like, yeah, well, you're in the beer industry. Yeah. <laughs> like, welcome. Like, so, so <laughs> yeah. for you, how do you tell, you know, so for me, I get, obviously, I get a lot of black people asking me that question. For you, when you, I'm, I'm only assuming that you get a lot of women asking you that question. What is your answer to the women when they ask you those questions? I, I mean, what do you say to them, and or what do you really want to say to them or because you give them a politically correct... Because sometimes I feel like I give them a politically correct answer when the truth is, it's like, dude, you already... Why are you waiting for someone to let you in the industry? Like, for me, like, I didn't come and... I didn't say, hey, I didn't go to the, all the breweries, hey, guys, can I open up a brewery? I just opened up a brewery. Yeah, you do it because you want to, and I don't... I, I haven't really... I, Anyone that works hard is going to get where, you know, and there are certain certain parameters. And if anything, I mean, getting an SBA loan is easier as a woman because they're, they, they gravitate toward approving those and stamping those. But, but I don't, this is one industry that I, I don't know if there's an advantage or a disadvantage, and it's all about hard work and having a creative place to put what you want to do. I, I haven't I haven't really hit that movement. Ooh, ooh. I know. That's what I'm saying. I but I, I, I agree with you 100% because I'm constantly fighting myself with that as well. It's like when people ask me these questions, I'm, I'm dumbfounded because it's like I don't understand what you're talking about because I love craft beer. That's why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here because somebody told me I could or could not be be here. Yeah, no matter what what minority it is, women, race, whatever. I think that the opportunity is there, and people respect what what you do is way more important than anything else. And, uh, exactly, exactly. I mean, so but but you you are in a different space. I mean, you're in a space that I'm I'm, I'm driving to get to. Let's be honest, you are in a different space. You walk into rooms that, or, or let's say we go to GABF, right? You know, I'm still back there in a uh, little small pond over there. But when you go to GABF, your line is long, and everybody's trying to hit you up, including the other big birds. So, I mean, when you walk into this space, I mean, you you carrying a torch, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. You There's a lot more expectations, but no, it's over time. You keep doing the right thing over time, and there's, it's just between the relationships you make and the credibility you have, unless you do something pretty bad, people are pretty forgiving for, like, a, maybe one beer that didn't turn out great. But, I mean, by the time it ever gets to the point where someone else would really taste that beer, we've already, like, all decided it's not happening. I mean, but I think every brewery that's truly trying to create gonna come out with one bad. It took James five years, but he finally made a way too softy beer, but... <laughs> Quiet, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> right, Quiet, I want to try one more of you guys' beer. Tim, I remember one of our first conversations after I had started working for you. Uh, we were having one of our military conversations about, you know, why did I get out of the Marine Corps and whatnot. And, uh, or I think I asked him, like, how did he realized he wanted to open a brewery and he said you know I'm a, I was a home brewer it's passed for me I knew this is kind of what I wanted to do 
after my career, and then he turns to me, he's like, just think about it, James. If you spent 20 years in the Marine Corps, you could own your own brewery right now because you're older than me. And I said, yeah, Tim, but if I did that, you wouldn't have a brewery. He's like, that's right, James. Thank you for getting out of the Marine Corps. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank, Thank you. you. Come back, come back, come back. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I will say this. I love making beer a lot more. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. Never trade in one minute of my six years in the Marine Corps for anything. But, uh, and I got to raise my, my, my cup to Tim and, and anyone who's, who's uh, yeah. What's, yes. what's considered a lifer or a 20-year, yeah. you know, anybody who can yeah. retire from the, from the military and spend basically their entire, what, what is your formative years, your youth, and, and I call that, you know, at, in between high school and, you know, your mid Yeah, like, high crisis. school is all the way until uh, 39. That's, you're, 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 yeah, giving, you're giving a lot of yourself to the country, and, and you do get a lot in return. As Tim will tell you, uh, you do get a lot of return, and it's it's nice being a part, working for a military man because I was raised by a military man, and so being in it myself and seeing all the guys that come in, just because we're veteran owned, or that they might have served with Tim too. We do we have a lot of those cats as well, but there were some Chiefs in there yesterday. I, I had no idea it was the Chiefs' birthday. I didn't know y'all had. I know you guys think you're special, but I had no idea you had your own <laughs> birthday. They both birds, yeah. They, they were. Celebrated at both birds. They, wow. they, they did. And so we had some guys from the uh, Engals, from the USS Comstock. I don't know what type of boat that is, but it's a ship. Uh, and they were in there. They were loving it. They, were, they came up to me and they're like, are you the owner? Are you the fly boy? And I'm like, no, no, no. That's, that's my boss. He's a rescue swimmer, blah, blah, blah. And, I was like, yeah, I'm a leatherneck myself. And they're like, it's okay. What looks like you? Like, it's okay. It's okay. And they're, like, it, 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 and they're like, so what do you do here? I'm like, oh, I'm the janitor. Because <laughs> I learned that from Tim. You know, you try and. Oh, dude, that's an inside you joke. Low. You really are. No, no, that was no, no, really an inside, inside joke. So one time, um, what was it? It was a funny thing. Um, I, oh, I was, I was actually. He was mopping. He was, was mopping. mopping. He was mopping. I was mopping. And, and somebody was uh, came in. One of the salespeople came in, was looking for the owner. And so he walks up straight to me, cause I'm I'm at, in front of the door, literally just mopping. He was like, "Hey, can I speak to the owner or the manager?" And I'm looking over. I point right to James, <laughs> cause I was sitting at the bar on my laptop, so I looked important. <laughs> I'm like, talk to that guy. That guy. Over there. I'm always like, uh, depends Jay. on what you want. Right. Well, like, well, James. If you James. have a complaint or a problem, yeah. Uh -huh. over there. Well, well, James tried to point back to me. It was like, oh, you need to talk to that guy. I'm, I'm looking at him like, like uh, I'm mopping. I'm like, I'm just a janitor. <laughs> so James got stuck. What, like two hours talking oh, to this dude because he went out there. And when James got off, I started dying laughing, like, like, bro, nobody's gonna think I'm the owner. You are the it. I'm the janitor. <laughs> it's, it's so nice. it was always sort of like an inside joke that I'm the janitor. Whenever somebody sells person walk in, I'm the janitor, he's the owner, he gotta listen to him. Or they sell pitch. All right, well guys, uh, I was just looking at my phone and it's all, yeah, it's I gotta head back to North Park. Time, yeah. I gotta head to North Park to break down this fest uh, around 4.20. Well, Gina, did, did you have anything you wanna end this off with? Oh, or? you're amazing. It's so nice. I hardly ever take the time out to like really look, like, just because you go to a brewery, just hearing your story and how you got here. And I'm thoroughly impressed. Thank you, thank you. You have a great, Great thing, man. Yeah. And I look forward to some future stuff together. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd love to.
you have some pretty pretty cool people coming up so but what a great place thanks for taking care of nacho and james all right definitely don't forget to need to schedule a bus tour don't now. forget these flowers is for eugene <laughs> yeah that, that was the best part of my day tony you got room in your car because i wasn't even sure if you guys were going to be here they were, they were standing behind you for quite some time yeah <laughs> like, the, maybe the leading question or whatever but uh, yeah i didn't even notice and then then I looked over. I'm like, when was the last time? You know what? <laughs> oh, you know how many times you looked to the right now? I'm like, how did she mess up? Yeah, I was like, oh, man. I was kind of looking at you, but I was like, I don't know. I was watching you. I'm, you know, I, I see. Eye contact. And I, yeah. I, I think focused, I, but it was when I looked at you. I'm like, I don't know. When was the last time I saw him? And, and I was like, oh, right now. I don't even think you listened to the question. I, I was like, when was the last time you seen Nacho? Yeah. And I mean that like, literally. <laughs> and you just like, were I, I, I needed some guidance. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Well, you know, he was in on it, by the way. So he known the whole time. So oh, really? your whole team was in on it. They knew the whole time. So you got my team. life. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we, we, yeah. <laughs> so we all knew, hey, you was coming and we wanted to make sure that, thank you. you know, we did some justice by you and thank you. More importantly, yeah. yeah. thank you for what you brought to us in the, in the community. Oh, so. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank yeah. you. I'm looking, I'm excited to see what you guys are growing. Good stuff. So cool. uh, this is probably bring it into the podcast yeah uh after this we're probably going to try to trick gina to drinking a hazy downstairs so oh Oh, man (laughs) so where can they where can they get more information on uh pizza board brewing uh what are like the handles things like that so yeah uh, marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thanks. preferred that. No. Pizza 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 And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and have a great one. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Laser beans. All right. (laughs) I got a piece so bad.